Tonight's episode is brought to you by survivalfeeling.com, our supporters on Patreon, and you, our listeners. Why am I doing this? I'm doing nothing but waiting to see a post from someone I barely know about something I probably don't care about. What is up, all of you Wayward Souls, and welcome back to the Wayward Stories podcast. Wayward Stories is the podcast where we tell your stories of adventure in the great outdoors. My name is Justin, and I'm also known in some circles as the Wayward Son. If you guys have been on any awesome adventures here lately, make sure and drop us a line at mywaywardstory at gmail.com. We're still looking for those submissions so we can start putting together episodes with your stories of these great adventures and great explorations that you guys go on. Tonight, we are going to talk about something a little bit offbeat. Um, it's not really going to be an experiential episode. It's not going to be a story of somewhere that I've gone. This is going to be more of a story that talks about basically how I get outside as much as I do. When I started going back to the great outdoors, now it's been a lifelong passion, but it just kind of fell by the wayside. It became not a priority for quite a long time. And then I had, as I mentioned very early on, about very traumatic experience that happened. The divorce that I went through was unwanted for my part, and it was very traumatic for multiple reasons that are too personal to get into here. But any of you who've been through something like that, you know what I'm talking about. What that left me with was a little bit too much time on my hands to have all kinds of little horrible things in my mind. And out of self-defense, really, out of self-preservation, I had to find something to do with a lot of that free time. And as any of you know who've been through a divorce, it is financially untenable. It will absolutely wreck your finances. So I didn't have a lot of money to throw around either back then. I still don't, for God's sakes, but it was way worse back then. What is the cheapest thing you can do in the world? You can go out and take a hike. You know, it's going to cost you a little bit of gas money. You can go out and take photographs if you happen to have a camera. If you have a fishing pole, you can go fishing. There are a lot of little things that you can do for next to nothing, almost free. Um, and so those are the things I did. And initially it wasn't because the great outdoors had called me back to it. It, it was literally for my mental and spiritual health and well-being. Too much time on your hands can be a bad thing. A day setting at home by yourself and you don't have to be at work and there's nowhere to go, that can be a really, really bad day to have. So I found something to keep me busy. But as I went out and started doing these things, then, then I heard the call again. Then it was reignited in my soul. And on more of a level than just a passing interest level, on more of a, oh yeah, I do like to be in nature, but more of like it spoke to me. It fed me deep inside. And I mean, ultimately, I think the results kind of speak for themselves. There was something more in it for me. It means more for me. Because here we sat making this podcast and going back into the YouTube videos. It gave me a reason to keep going, guys, to be really honest. My desire to find a way to share myself with the rest of the world, with every one of you, and share what I loved and the way I saw the world through my eyes. I can't tell you why. I can't tell you what drove that. I can't tell you why I found that important to the healing process for me. But I recognized that it was. I simply followed what I felt inside. And it was, I want to go out. I mean, see, I like to learn. I love to experience. I'm a very experiential person. I love to see new things, experience new things. I don't know why. It just, it feeds me. It feeds my soul. And I think a lot of you probably kind of understand that. It's hard to put words on, hard to define, because it really doesn't do anything to further you in life and the metric that we all measure success in life on. You know, it doesn't put more money in the in the old bank account. It doesn't gain and garner you prestige or success in your career. It doesn't make you look cool to all your buddies. It just is there and it just means something. And that's the only reason to go do it is because you find a great deal of value in it. Hard to define, but it was there. And I simply listened to it. I simply heeded the call and said, okay, well, it's going to serve two purposes. It's going to help me self-preserve because it's going to keep me from getting too depressed sitting around on my weekends when I don't have my daughter. And also it kind of gave me a reason to keep going. 
it gave me something to look forward to. This podcast was in my mind for a long, long time, and it manifest first as a YouTube channel. But when I finally got it together, here we are making the podcast. It gave me something to look forward to. I've been looking forward to this moment, talking to you here tonight for a long, long time, better part of three years. And I am very grateful and humbled that I am here now getting to have these conversations with you. But the whole purpose of tonight's episode is to talk about the system that I have in place in order to get me outside more often. Something that a lot of you guys might not understand about me is I do. I have a full-time job. Like if you go and you just look at my Instagram, if you look at my Facebook, somebody said to me recently, it was like, man, on paper, your life is fabulous. And I'm like, my life sucks for the most part. Like all you see is what I put on social media to promote this, to promote the podcast, to, to promote my YouTube channel, to promote the thing I love most in life. You don't see all the ugly moments. I have the same moments as you guys. I work 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week, depending on the week. I have a child that gets literally half of all my free time and more if I can give it to her. She's always the first priority. Whatever time is left is where I work in my adventures in the great outdoors. Guys, I have bills to pay. I live here in this apartment alone. Like, it's just me in the world. Guess what? I'm the person that has to go to the grocery store every time. I'm the person that has to cook dinner. I'm the person that has to do laundry. A lot of y'all are living the same life. It's time consuming. You never have time for anything. My whole point in telling you all of that is I do get out quite a bit. Not as much as I'd like, but quite a bit. And a lot more than a lot of people do. I have the same reasons to not go out that you do. How do I do it? It's because... I gave forethought and some effort up front and created a system that will allow me to basically go out at the drop of a hat. I live a semi-nomadic lifestyle, kind of like a hunter-gatherer. I come home when it's time to be at home. I stay away whenever I have the chance to be away. I'm just not out gathering fruits and nuts and berries. I'm gathering photographs and memories and stories to bring back to tell to all of you. You know, I mentioned that this this podcast was a dream for three years. Why was it a dream? It's not because I think I have anything that's all that important to tell or anything that means that much to anyone. What I want is it to be an example of you can go through some really horrid crap in life. You can have all the excuses and all the reasons in the world to not follow your dreams, to not follow your passions, to not listen to your heart, and to not chase the things that you truly care about in this world. And you can overcome all of that. You can still chase finding yourself. So the whole goal was to basically put out there and show there is a life beyond bad stuff, and it can be a really good one. Life is what you make of it even in spite of all of the obstacles. Because it's not like all that bad stuff happened and I needed a break and won the lottery. No, all that bad stuff happened and then more bad stuff happened and then bad stuff keeps happening because apparently that's just life for a lot of us, right? That's just life. It's always a constant stream of obstacles to overcome. You have to choose to overcome them. And it takes work and effort. And that's what I've always wanted this to come down to is to show you guys and hopefully inspire some people and give you some hope and give you something to think about. I can do this. I can go out and chase the things that I love. I can follow my passions in spite of everything that's come against me. And maybe I haven't been transparent enough about that in this podcast. I have to overcome a lot to put out all the content that I put out. And why do I put it all out? It's because I really, really love creating. It's because creating, though it doesn't make me a dime, it feeds my soul. So I'm feeding myself. And that is because I believe and hope that it will make a difference for someone else out there. That you'll hear it, you'll see it, and then you'll want to go do it. So, I mean, I guess that's enough about that. I probably droned on for far too long about that. But, you know, it is personal. It does make me maybe relatable. Maybe you kind of understand me a little more, your host, and what you're listening to when you hear me. But the whole point is to talk about this episode tonight, which is explore more. How can you get out and explore more? And that's what I'm going to tell you is how you can. I know it's not one size fits all. I can't tell you how it will work best for you because you may have a significant other. You may have children. You may have dogs. You may have a cat. I don't know. But 
there are tips and tricks and there's a basic, I mean, it's almost modular. There's like a basic premise to it. And once you've met the requirements of that basic premise, you adapt it to your needs and understand it as a concept that is workable for you. And suddenly you can have more time outside. You just have to work for it. So we're going to talk about that. What this really comes down to is basically my system. And the system I put in place for me, it came out of necessity. Like I said, it started out being about my well-being, about self-preservation, about giving me something to do so that depression didn't overtake me. So I had to fight through the excuse of I don't have time. I don't have enough money. I needed something, guys. I found something and I fought through those obstacles. That's why I'm sharing it with you so you can see how you can overcome your obstacles and you can get the quality time you need with yourself, with the great outdoors, doing whatever it is that you love to do out there. So my system, we need to just get to that. My system in a nutshell. My system lives in a footlocker, like a plastic ABS molded Plano footlocker that I bought from probably Walmart or Target or maybe Academy. Not a very big one. It fits right in the back of my Xterra. My SUV, which is a midsize SUV, not even a big one. Granted, like I said, this isn't a one-size-fits-all system. I'm a simple dude. I'm a single dude. All I need for me to have a comfortable night out almost anywhere, most of the year, not all of the year, but the vast majority of the year, is my hammock, a rainfly, a small tripod stool. I don't even need a backed chair. Those are big and they're heavy and they don't work for backpacking or overnight float trips. Um, some way to start a fire, some way to stay warm, a sleeping bag, a sleeping system, and essentially the things I love to do out there. What are my hobbies? I like to fish. I like to hike. I like to do photography. I like to do my YouTube channel. Those are the main things that I do when I'm out. Those are the main things you're going to see if you go and watch any of my YouTube videos over at youtube.com forward slash wayward stories. And you should do that. There's some pretty decent videos over there, if I do say so myself. Um, so my system's built around the basic necessities of life and to my comfort level. I don't need a lot to be comfortable. I'm a nomadic person. I've slept in about every kind of way, shape or form that you can imagine sleeping in my life. I'm just a nomadic person. It's just kind of who I am. So in my system, in my little trunk, if you went and you looked in my vehicle right now, you crack that trunk open, there's my sleeping bag. There is a tiny travel pillow. There is a way to make fire, which there's a way to make fire because of my search and rescue predilections. There's a way to make fire in every bag I have. And my 24-hour bag does live in my ride for search and rescue. And my day pack also has those things. My day pack's also an integral part of the system. But within that trunk is a way to make fire, a way to make camp and stay dry, and a way to be somewhat comfortable. I do have a chair that's comfortable enough for me. It has my little fishing pole. I have a breakdown ultralight spinning reel um, and rod. Then I'll break it down, just a few lures, because I love to smallmouth fish, and that's the majority of the fishing I do, so it's a very small, tight, compact outfit. Um, I have the things I need to just go at the drop of a hat. All I literally have to do is come home from work, take a quick shower, and get all the crud off of me from a day at work, grab a handful of clothes, whatever I need, and go out. Within my system... I do have a back rack that hangs across that I can hang clothes on. And there are a few clothes that always live on it, which are my search and rescue clothes. In case we have a call out and I'm just coming in from work or I'm out on the road or whatever, and I can come back to it. I don't have to come home to change because that is there. I have clothes that are always just for if I get soaked in a natural, a natural event out there on in the wild somewhere in case I get soaked. Like I think I told my story about, or I know I told my story about getting wrecked by a sneaker wave at Natural Bridge. That's when I learned the lesson of how hard would it truly be for me to keep a full change of clothes, new pair of skivvies, fresh pair of socks, a shirt, and some kind of britches, as we like to say here in the South. Something to put on that's completely dry. That's not big. It's not heavy. One change of clothes for me. I have that. 
I have an extra pair of shoes. Just an old pair of shoes, guys. Just an old pair of shoes in case your shoes get soaked, your hiking boots get soaked. Trust me, it's miserable making a three or four hour drive home with soaking wet feet. Literally everything I need lives in a small footlocker that actually fits without crap everywhere in the back of my tiny mid-sized SUV Xterra. Um, what else will I keep in there? I always have swimming trunks. I always have my water shoes. They are always on me because when I fish, I typically wade fish anyway. So I'll always have my water shoes. I'll always have a pair of swimming trunks. Those things all live in the system. Basically, what you do is you look at your basic needs, what you care about, what you want to do while you're out there, and you make it as simple as possible. You break it down to as the very minimum you need to accomplish it and have a good time, the very minimum you need to be comfortable and not wreck your whole trip because you're having a miserable night somewhere, you break it down to the very minimum. And if you're into the outdoors, you probably are a gearhead. A lot of the gear that I have now was gear I had before everything went down. All the ugly stuff happened because I did do overnight kayak trips. I did do overnight hikes. I travel light, like I said, hammock small tripod stool, those kinds of things. I already had them. And if you're into the great outdoors, you're a gearhead like me. And you might find you a good excuse to buy a new little piece of kit here and there. And, you know, just whenever you have a few extra dollars, oh, I've been needing to try one of those little tripod stools that I heard Justin mention on Wayward Stories. You see what I'm saying? You build your system from the jump to meet your basic needs. And all it takes is some forethought. Set down. What do I need to go out on a trip? You don't do this every time you go on a trip. You do it once, guys. And there's a way to break it all down so you don't end up caught in between, you know, where you left stuff where you shouldn't leave stuff and et cetera, et cetera. When you get done at the end of a trip, you bring it all back in. You bring it all together. Everything goes back to where it lives before you drive home for the day. And the laundry you need to do, if it includes the clothes that live in the back of your vehicle that are going to go with you, you bring them in. You wash them with the rest of the laundry. And when it all comes out and it's all nice and dry, you take those specific clothes and you put them on a pile right on the counter or right in the front door where it's going to get in your way and annoy you so that you immediately take it back to your vehicle the next time you go get in it. You crack the back hatch, you throw it into your footlocker, and you're done with it. And everything you need is always there, available and ready to go in your vehicle for an adventure at the drop of a hat. It's that simple. And for a lot of you guys out there listening, you probably have a similar system. Okay. So understand that I'm not telling you how to do it. I know that some of you are already doing this. This is to give the idea to people who, for example, I've heard over time, multiple times, I wish I could get out more often like you. I wish I had the time to get out like you do. I wish I had your carefree spirit. All of those things are inaccurate. I don't have time. Like you don't, I have just as little as you do. And I definitely don't have a carefree spirit. I carry the weight of the damn world on my shoulders. Like life's tough. Y'all life's tough for all of us. We all have things that we're dealing with in life. What I do have is a free spirit. It's not carefree. It's simply free. And that's what drove me to build a system that could help me to get out more. That could help me maximize my time outside so that, like I said, when I get off work, I don't have to come home and I don't have to hunt for everything. I don't have to load up the entire vehicle. It's all ready to go. I just have to change clothes. And guys, it can take a little work. It can take a little forethought to get to that point. I'm not going to lie to you. That's an absolute fact. But you do it once. You lay the foundation. You lay the groundwork. That's all there is to it. You sit down once, you go over all your needs, then you take an hour or two one day and you build your kit. You build your little foot locker. It could be a tote. It could be a foot locker. It could be any number of things. Like I said, it's not one size fits all. It's got to fit your needs and your family size and whatever it is that you intend to do out there. But you just do it once. You get the system in place and you get everything living where it needs to live for this to happen. And then it's on guys. Like the benefits to doing this for me have been enormous. I gotta say early on, it very well may have saved my life along with a handful of podcasts that I stumbled into when I discovered podcast. Y'all, you can't drive around 13, 14 hours a day in a car 
after some kind of traumatic event like that. Music's not on the plate anymore because all music is about love and life and all the kinds of things. Like, just trust me, it ain't going to be for you. If you've never been through it, you'll find out. And I hope that you never have to. But music pretty much goes off the table for a while, at least for a lot of us. And I found podcasts, things that could entertain my brain while I was out there doing my 13 hours a day for Big Purple, right? And that was kind of the beginning of Wayward Stories. That's where the idea came from originally. But when I would get done with my day, I could literally come straight home and I could go. I could get out and keep me from falling into a deep depression, sitting here at home in the house with nothing to do and feeling like I had no kind of purpose in life. It gave me some purpose. It gave me a reason to do it. And like I said, it helped me overcome all of those different obstacles and reasons and excuses that we all have. When we look at our life from a inside of it, looking out perspective, it's like, how in the world am I going to get outside? But if you step back and try to step out for a second, and which this is what I'm trying to do for you is give you outside looking in on me so that you can say as a template, well, he managed to do it. And I can see the template and the concept behind what he's telling me here tonight. Maybe I can do that. I'm trying to give you that step back perspective, that 10,000 foot view on it. If you can step out of your own life for just a second and take a look at it and go, where do I waste all of my time? Guys, one thing you're going to find out is you waste a lot of your time doom scrolling. You waste a lot of your time on Facebook and Instagram. And I'm not like, guys, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. I'm speaking as a hypocrite. Okay. I cut that stuff out of my life three and a half years ago, including news. I hate the news and the news cycle. I, to this day, catch myself doom scrolling. Like, guys, there's something going on psychologically that's not been fully yet understood, studied, or realized. But I promise you, when you ever catch yourself doing that doom scroll thing, just waiting, just waiting for something new to pop up, stop. Just do this for me. Stop for one second and ask yourself, what answer to what question am I going to get by a new story on my newsfeed? What purpose in my life does it serve when that finally get an update that has new pictures on my Instagram feed? It's kind of a little bit of a shocking revelation and I have to do it to myself relatively often. Like, why am I doing this? This is literally wasting my time. I'm doing nothing but waiting to see a post from someone I barely know about something I probably don't care about, but I still feel like this weird inherent need. Guys, this is something a lot of y'all don't realize. The whole idea, do you know why our news feeds and our pages play out the way they do? It's because our brain becomes addicted to that pull down and let it roll. Ever heard of a slot machine? Have you ever looked into that? Guys, that's not like an anecdotal thing that the wayward son noticed. No, that's actually why purposefully our news feeds are laid out the way they are because our brains become addicted. It is a dopamine thing more so than just that. Oh, someone else liked my picture and we get that little dopamine kick. Like if you don't understand the dopamine connection to this whole thing, just Google that guys that's studied proven. It's a, it's a real thing other than just that. The whole idea of gambling, the whole idea of the slot machine, there is something it activates in our brains and we become addicted to that. And that's why our feeds are set up in a scroll manner. And that's what scroll like doom scrolling really is, is you're basically putting in all your dollars to the slot machine and watching it take all your money and you're waiting for a jackpot. But the problem is with social media, there's not really ever an opportunity for a jackpot. What are you going to ever see there? that's really worth the payoff of all the time you waste burning your brain on it. Again, I'm a hypocrite. I'm speaking from experience here, but it's something you should be cognitive of. But when you take a step out of your life and you look at where do I waste all my time? Yeah, you're busy. Yeah, you got kids. Yeah, you got soccer. Yeah, you got dance. Yeah, you got ballet. You have all these things. You absolutely do. But I don't think you realize how much unnecessary time you waste and how much you actually do have if you cut out some of the crap that's really, really unnecessary and non-edifying to your soul and to your life. 
we get it in our brains. A lot of the things we do to waste time, we get it in our mind that that's actually just a part of our day and that that's a part of the life that we live. And that's a part of what takes our time. But some of that stuff's optional. You don't have to do it. You just have to kind of catch yourself doing it and realize, hey, I don't have to do this. I could be doing something else with my time. And then it's just merely a it's merely an issue at that point of reprioritizing how you want to spend your life, what you want to do with your free time, and if you really, really want to get out, if you really, really want to chase your dream or your passion or your desire. It's almost time for us to take a break so we can hear a word from our sponsor, but hold that thought because we're going to come right back to that reprioritization idea. That's tough to say, y'all. We're going to come back to that idea and how you can build off of that into not just getting outside more often, but how it can kind of play into your life as well. But hold for one second. Let's catch this word from Survival Feeling, and I'll be right back. I want to take a second to tell you guys about tonight's sponsor, Survival Feeling. Survival Feeling is a hiking brand based in Greece, and they offer an assortment of gear that's aimed towards the goal of helping you better enjoy your time outside. And that is, of course, what we are all about here at Wayward Stories. I really like this company for a lot of reasons, but chief amongst them is that they were founded with giving back to the community in mind. They donate a portion of all proceeds to organizations like the Wildland Firefighters Foundation to help support those who work to keep us all safe while we're out there trying to find ourselves. We've partnered with them to bring you guys a unique coupon code that will save you wayward souls 15% off of your order. Go to survivalfeeling.com and use offer code waywardstories at checkout. I think you guys will like what they have to offer and what they're all about just as much as I do. Once again, that's survivalfeeling.com and use the offer code waywardstories. And welcome back, guys. Thank you for listening to that word from our sponsors. They are very important. They help us keep the lights on around here, and it's all a part of the greater goal of continuing to produce this podcast. Um, so we left off talking about reprioritizing your life. Um, for me, I'm not sure which came first. I don't know if it was the chicken or the egg, but around this time, I'd just gone through a gnarly divorce and was going through it. I just had to move. I was just going through all this. And one of the things that became really important to me was literally reprioritizing my life. Um, truly, guys, now I talk about how traumatic that was. And you've heard me talk about how dark it was. But what I probably haven't talked about a lot is how much better my life is since then. Like literally, sometimes, guys, you can be the victim of something and actually come out on the other side in far better shape for it. Sometimes the very thing that you don't want to happen is the very thing you need to happen. That's what happened for me. And it gave me a clean slate in more ways than I'm actually even willing to talk about here in a public forum. It goes far deeper than just like a reset of life. It came with a reset of spirituality, a reset of worldview. It came with something I desperately needed. And along with it kind of comes the physical world. Like there's all this stuff that's not physical world, right? There's spirituality. There's all these things mentally, emotionally. But in your physical world, you're getting rocked there as well, right? The, everything needs to change. You're trying to split up crap. You're trying to decide what goes where and who gets what and, and lots of things that you don't want to keep around anymore because they are simply reminders of a time that you don't want to think about. So I sort of, sort of got a complete and total reset opportunity and a clean slate. And I began reprioritizing my life, not just to get outside more, but just about what kind of life I was living, what I was doing with myself, what my bigger goals in life were, what I truly cared about and what I wanted to accomplish. Because this happened when I was 38, roundabout, 37 or 38. I forget what part of the year that was in. Supposing I was 38. Um, so I'm pushing 40. I'm pushing midlife area. And it didn't bring on a full midlife crisis, but it fully brings on the thought of what have I done so far? And for me, it was basically nothing. Um, and what do I want to do before it's all over with? You know, if I'm lucky, maybe I'll get 30 or 40 more. Maybe I'm halfway home and I get 30 or 40 decent good ones left. And I know they'll start to taper towards the end. Um, not, not fun to think about, but it's a reality. And so I thought about that reality and I said, in this last 20, 30, 40 good years that I hopefully, God willing, have, 
What do I want to accomplish before it's over? I actually asked myself the question, when I come to my dying day, what will I look back on and regret that I did do or that I didn't do? And I tried to decide how to live my life moving forward from that mindset. What will I regret when I die that I did or did not do? What will I regret? And I'm trying to do everything I can to not have that regret. Trying to be a better person in the world, trying to make a difference in society in any way that I can find to do that, giving back in the physical realm, but also hopefully mentally, emotionally being there for people, trying to be a good friend, trying to be a good person in any relationship you have, whether it be work or social or anything like that became one of my goals. But the other goal was what have I not done in this life I really want to do? What have I missed out on? What have I not seen? What drives me? I've not chased my passion in a long, long time, which is creativity, which is the great outdoors. And here we sit tonight with a podcast, with a YouTube channel and me trying, not saying I'm there, not by any means, don't take me wrong, but me trying to get there. Um, and to do that, there becomes a reprioritization of the physical things as well. Like I was the kind of person that was like jack of all trades, master of none, um, but I did that with so many things, so many hobbies. Like I was into so many things, y'all. God, I played golf. I've done, you name it, I do it. I have very broad array of interest. With this reset of life, something that came with it was there's a lot of stuff that's not serving me. And that's a mindset that in the emotional health and the mental health world, that is very, very important in the spiritual health world. Whatever's not serving me, maybe it's time to let go of it. And it makes you look at those things and say, is this not serving me anymore? Is it time to let this go? Um, and that happened for me from stuff as simple as hobbies, like golf. I let golf go, got rid of everything. And that does what? Simplifies. Less things to own, less things to keep up with, less things to maintain, less things that you feel like I need to use this because I own it. I really should go play golf, but I don't have time to, and I'm never going to. And then you have this weird level of some strange kind of need to do in your mind, just one more thing to put on your plate, a simplification of life and getting rid of stuff that you're only really partially interested in or had a passing interest in at one time, letting it go, selling it off, giving it away, literally taking things down to what you truly care about. Like guys, we're talking about what? Efficiency here. We're talking about time. We're talking about the most precious commodity that exists in my experience and my opinion. You know, everyone says land is the most precious commodity. No, time is by far. Time is. We're talking about maximizing your time. So anything you can do to declutter your brain, declutter your physical space, declutter your emotional, your mental, your spiritual space, anything you can do to clean that up and make your life simpler is something that's going to give you more time to enjoy the things you truly care about. So you reprioritize and you take stock and you look at what you care about. I got rid of a lot of stuff, guys. My life changed dramatically. It got much simpler and I became far more focused. Can't say laser focused because I have squirrel brain a lot of times, but I came, became far more focused on how to go, how to get out how to chase what's really driving me right now at this point in my life, which is to go out and experience it all and then bring it home and share it with whoever wants to listen to it. That meant a lot of stuff got to go away and I got to um, really liquidate a lot of things and put a lot more time and effort and stock into the things that really matter. And for me, it's mostly photography. It's mostly the YouTube channel. It's mostly this podcast to go along with it. The things I love out there are the hiking, which the photography goes with out fishing. I've always loved fishing. It's such a pointless pursuit, but it's one of those that has always been there through my whole life. And I love doing it. it gives me one more thing I can do while I'm out there and I can do it in a very small, compact, you know, compact, very light, very efficient manner. Um, and I love to, you know, I'm starting to think I may have to buy a bicycle soon, but see your system can evolve as well. I've been three and a half years sticking with hiking, fishing, photography. All I've really got to have is my fishing gear, my camera and my tripod and my phone and my little lavalier mic that I bought so that I can get some decent audio out there on the trail. It's a very simple system. All I need is a place to sleep, a place to set, and the things I need to enjoy the great outdoors in the way that I love to enjoy the great outdoors. Get out there and go and explore. Um, 
but you can evolve it. Like I may seriously be considering buying a bicycle. I don't think I'm going to be a full on mountain biker. Guys, I literally have issues with my knees and ankles. You know, everyone says that, but like only probably 70% of people actually have those issues. I legitimately have ankle and knee issues, weaknesses and stretched and torn ligaments in some of my joints that there are certain things that I could get into out there that would most likely end up hurting really bad and do far more permanent damage. Right now I can still walk. I want to stay ambulatory. Let's just put it that way. Probably won't get into mountain biking, not extreme mountain biking. It looks like a blast. I love watching some of those videos, but I know that I would probably hurt myself. Not an excuse, a legitimate concern of mine because of weaknesses in certain joints that you don't need them to fail. And if they fail, it could be catastrophic kind of thing. But getting a bicycle, I'm thinking real hard about getting a bicycle just because I've ridden around some of these state parks when I've stayed a weekend to go explore something somewhere and say stayed at a state park and have all these paved roads and like you can cover so much ground on a bicycle. You could even do it on certain trails and they're not really extreme mountain bike trails. You can cover so much more ground than you can walking. That may become a part of my system soon. You know, a kayak's been a part of my system for a long, long, long time, but a mountain bike may very well become a part of it. Guys, it can be anything for any of us. It can evolve as it goes, but you start simple. That's the whole key is you start very, very simple. You start with your basic needs met and what it is you're going out to do. Like I said, my little day pack is my everyday hiking pack. It has a few little things in case I were to get lost out there. We've talked about it in multiple episodes. We've talked about it in multiple YouTube videos. But really all that lives in there is my camera. My tripod lives on it. I have a trauma pack on it to help anyone or help myself if something goes ugly out there. And a whole lot of room to put protein bars and water if I want to put those in there. But that pack and basically daily medications, that is a part of my system. That's not going off trail, actually. A part of my system is that day pack. It goes with me everywhere except to like work. I don't carry it to work with me. I have a whole different backpack for that. But it goes everywhere and it has like daily medications I might need to deal with this chronic sinus issue I've had for my whole life and little things like that. Things to keep you from being miserable out there. When you go out, you know, you need to take care of like your basic medical needs too so that you can have a good time if you get a headache or whatever. Um, but in that day pack, it's basically as long as I have it, I've got photography. I've got photography and I've got my YouTube channel at my fingertips. I can make the videos. I can take the pictures. That's the one thing that drives most of everything else that I do. Long as I have that pack and I'm in my vehicle, I can go anywhere at any time at the drop of a hat. The only thing that really constrains that is how much time do I have to do it between getting off work and being at work or my next responsibility that I have to take care of and how much money I have to do it. That's all it really comes down to. The whole system's in place. My lodging is always taken care of. There's always somewhere to camp. Guys, let's talk about a couple of the other things here. Like when you start talking about this system and people talk about, oh, it's so expensive, it's so expensive. You can do a whole heck of a lot with a, a tank of gas. And if you're only doing it once a month or twice a month, like me, at best, it's twice a month. Most months, I'm lucky if it's once a month. I just stay consistent and I put it all over social media because I'm trying to promote my project here. You know, like I said earlier, people are like, God, you look, your life looks fabulous on, on, on paper or whatever. I don't go as much as you think I do, but if you can only devote one weekend a month, what's one tank of gas to take you and your, your significant other or your family out for a really awesome weekend? What's a tank of gas cost? 30, 40, 50 bucks. And you probably won't even have to use all of it. We're going to talk about that part where to go a little bit more in a minute. But for right now, you're not 30 or 40, 50 bucks. And you're like, but food guys, food doesn't count. Think about that for a minute. You don't count food you eat when you go out on an adventure as a part of like extra money that you're spending. Do you just starve over the weekend when you're at home? Do you not cook dinner? Do you not order food? Do you not eat when like you live at home? You're going to eat at home, guys. So why can't you eat on the road? You don't have to stop and eat out 
you buy some hamburgers and you grill them over the grill at the state park or you take your own little like I have a little folding grill that I can lay out on my campfire. I always carry a little bit of charcoal with me so I could throw it down in the fire pit. I charcoal burgers all the time like that. You don't have to do extra. I mean, sandwiches. Guys, I eat the heck out of some turkey sandwiches and some chips out there on the road. Like, yeah, maybe if it's in your mind that an adventure requires adventure food and I have to go check out the the awesome local restaurant. Yeah, you're going to have to take that into account, but you don't have to do it. It is optional. And I do some of that. I'm not telling you you don't or don't have to. Like I've eaten at some awesome places. If I have enough money in the budget for it, I'll absolutely check out the local whatever the best food is, you know. But you don't have to count food, guys. You're going to eat at home. You're going to eat on the road. That is a insignificant amount of money, if any at all, that's going to be added to how expensive it's going to be for you to go out. You're really just looking at your gas and you're looking at if you're up for camping and you're of the camping mind, what are we? We're wayward stories. It's an outdoors podcast. It's not like I'm telling the whole world this. I'm telling people who like to camp. What's it going to cost you in a national forest, a national park service slot, 15, 12 to $15 a night. If you just go out for one night, you're out a half a tank of gas and 12 bucks for a camp spot, right? You're going to eat. That washes out. You're going to eat at home or on the road. So you don't even count food. You're out 40 or $50. Yeah, that can be. And trust me, trust me. I get it, guys. Because basically after I pay all my bills every month, now hopefully that's going to change with this new job. It absolutely should by all means. But up to this point, over the last three and a half years, after I pay all my bills and meet all of my responsibilities every month, I, whatever's left is what I eat on for the month. And I'm, have eaten more than my share of ramen noodles than I care to even talk about in the last three years. Guys, I promise you, I know what it's like to live shoestring and by the seat of your pants. Trust me. I get it. Many months I just went into debt on a credit card because I couldn't buy groceries. So I get it. Some months there isn't $40 to do that trip. I get that. But if you have 40 or 50 extra dollars and you only do it once a month, Guess what? You have utilized the system. You have gone out and you've fed your soul. Guys, self-care is a big deal. And I'm glad that we're talking about it more. I'm glad I've mentioned it already. I'm glad it's out there in the zeitgeist and all the people who like to poo-poo on those kinds of ideas like emotional health, mental health. I'm glad that they have been relegated to the dustbin of history at this point. We're getting there. Guys, we're over the hump on that. Almost everyone's on board with this now and gets it. It's just those few little hold, you know, holdovers and they're they're almost gone. Like now we absolutely prioritize and value our mental health. Guys, self-care is actually a big important deal. We do need to do things that feed our soul or our soul will die. And if you're not feeding your soul, you will die a thousand thousand deaths. It sucks. You have to do things that you love. You have to do things that are good for you. You have to do things that feed you on a spiritual and a mental and emotional level. And that's what I'm talking about here. You have to prioritize your mental, emotional, spiritual health, the things you want to see, the things you want to do, the things you love out there. You need to go do them. You can't do them every single day. Most of us will never get that lucky, but you can do it enough. You can get it back to a part of your regular diet. And that is all I'm trying to tell you tonight. That is what I'm trying to impress upon you and urge you to do is take your health into consideration and say, I need to take care of myself. We need to reconnect to nature. We need to reconnect to the world. If you have excuses for reasons you can't get out more, if you will stop, step back and think about it, I promise you, you will find ways. You will find ways. You will find time. It simply is a matter of prioritizing it. You have to prioritize it. Then you can build a system that suits your needs. And then you can get out there and chase your adventure, whether it's photography or mountain biking or climbing or spelunking or whatever else it is in the world you love to do. You just have to prioritize it as a part of your life. And using a system, much like I do, where all my needs are ready to go and waiting in the car at any given moment, gives you the chance. You might get a free weekend that you didn't expect. You know what? You might be like, a lot of times what will happen for me is I'm supposed to have my daughter for this weekend. And then Max wife will call me and say, hey, we've got so-and-so's birthday party. Can we trade weekends? And then suddenly, I have nothing to do. But guess what? I've always got something to do. 
I've always got something to do because on short notice, say she could tell me that on Thursday night and I could turn around Friday after work and be on my way. It's that simple. And that's what you're building your system to do, to be ready to go when the opportunities present themselves for you to get out and chase the things that you love in life. So how do you know where to go? I mentioned that we were going to get there and we were going to talk about it and we're going to talk about it now. I actually have my own little system about how to find places to go based on my particular hobbies. And this is, you know, something that you'll have to transfer into your own life because our hobbies are most likely going to be different. We may have some similarities between us, but most likely they're going to be relatively different. So I have a very broad ranging set of interests. Guys, I've mentioned so many times I'm a history nerd. I mentioned in uh, two episodes ago that I love old trains. That kind of goes along with history, and I grew up in a railroad town, a junction point on a major railway. Have that kind of love of the nostalgia of trains. I love finding abandoned stuff. Guys, right there, history, trains, and abandoned. Those three things come together in multiple places across this country. Old abandoned rail trestles, um, tunnels. There's so many cool things. Rail trails, if you love to hike, a lot of old right-of-ways for railroads that have now defunct have been turned into really great hiking trails. And they're the best kind for people, especially if you, say, have some disabilities or you're not as physically capable. You know, trains, they never are going to run on more than really a 2% grade because they're pulling so much weight. So all these old rail beds, when they become hiking trails... You may have a bunch of elevation gain, but it's going to happen over like 10 miles. It ain't going to happen like center point trail does or whatever. Um, that's really great. But like if you're into history, things like I am, I love archaeology. I love anthropology. Guys, there are UNESCO World Heritage Sites all over this country. I've been to the Great Serpent Mound in Ohio. That was on a work trip trip on a day that I actually worked and had to make a three and a half hour drive to get there. But because I was ready to go because of my system, I had enough time on a day where we got off unexpectedly early to make a trip that I'd always wanted to make. I'd always wanted to see the Great Serpent Mound. And I was real close to it for work within three hours. And I made it happen that day because the system was in place. Part of the system is making short and long lists of things you want to check out. Whenever you're in a new area, for whatever reason you might find yourself there or just where you live, there are ways to ferret out and figure out what are all the different things I could do here. And you can make a list of, God, I really want to do these things. That's your short list. And then you can make a much longer list that you will work your way into eventually. That is, I'm less interested in these things, but I would like to check that out. And it'll evolve in your mind and those things will put themselves together and you'll know what you want to do next. And it will come to you like that. I really need to go check that out. I really need to hike that trail. I really need to see that specific waterfall. That becomes the top of your list. And you look and you Google it. You Google map it. How long will it take me to drive there? When do I usually have the time windows where I could pull that off, et cetera, et cetera. And then you're already ready because of the system. You were prepped for when that time slot comes available to you to at the drop of a hat, grab your hiking boots, which should probably live in your vehicle and go and you will go get to experience that thing that you want to experience. It's all a part of the system. So what is my system for finding these things? When I'm traveling, number one is travel brochures. They're everywhere. Every state you cross into has a welcome center with brochures for stuff across the entire state. If you have to stay in hotels like I often do for work, they always have brochure racks. Guys, those are worth going through. I mean, your first screener is you just grab the whole lot of them that look interesting of you and leave the ones that don't look interesting at all behind you. When you take them up to your room or whatever, and then I'll do that to unwind some nights, I'll go through there and I'll figure out how far are all these things from me. And then you throw out a bunch of them because they're more than two hours away or whatever. That's just probably not going to happen. And you end up with your own short and long list right there of things that are very close, very possible, and probably usually in um, ranked by interest. I really want to check that out. And it's within the right time frame, you know, driving distance. And it's within my budget because it's like a $12 admission or it's a this or it's a that or it's a free hiking trail, whatever. And that's like one of the very first things you can do is the travel brochures that are for touristy type of people. But within that, guys, you can find a ton of state parks. When I was in Indiana, y'all... 
I got stuck there because of COVID for almost six weeks, like crossing state lines and getting COVID and all the crap. I was there working. I got stuck in Indiana and no offense, Indiana, but you have a lot of cornfields and beyond cornfields in the center of the state. There's not a lot more guys. There's not a lot more. Um, I had to drive three hours to get to the Great Lakes almost. I had to drive two hours to any of their um, state parks. And their state parks, they have a couple of absolutely beautiful state parks. One day, Indiana might constitute an episode all its own if I take all of the things that I found to do there in my almost three months total last year I spent near Kokomo and around Indianapolis. If I take them all together... And bring them all into one place. We might get a whole episode out of that. Because Indiana does have some really beautiful stuff. It's just kind of few and far between type of situation. But that's like a perfect object lesson. If I can find interesting things to do in Indiana. A state that is like basically nothing but flat cornfields. You can find something to do where you're at. If you're lucky enough to live somewhere like I do. In west central Arkansas or northwest Arkansas. Guys you have things to do for the rest of your life damn near. You just have to know how to look for it. You start with, like I said, brochures. If you're not, you're staying home. I'm not going down anywhere to get brochures for what's in Arkansas because I live in Arkansas. What do you do in that situation? Number one is Google Maps, guys. Get on Google Maps. Make the map the size of the area you want to encompass. You can figure out, okay, well, that town is two hours from me. You know, make you a radius of an hour to an hour and a half drive and then make another radius that goes out to like three hours. And that can be scalable to your, you know, if I've got a whole weekend, I'm willing to drive three or four hours to see something really, really cool and stay a few days. Or on a day after work and I have an early day at work, I would love to go somewhere that's within an hour and spend my time on a bayou fishing until it gets dark. You come up with your own system, personalized and tailored to your desires, what you care about, what you love. But you do that with Google Maps. That's a good place to start. You open up that big area and type in hiking trails. Search this area and they will all kick back. And by the way, when you get good at this, you zoom in, new things will pop up. You know, the the map displays the biggest, most prominent things. Usually it's probably based on like an algorithm and like the most reviews for a site or the best reviews. But the further you scroll in to tighter to an area, the more things will pop up. If you Google map waterfalls over northwest Arkansas, guys, by the time you get done zooming in, there are so many damn waterfalls to choose from to go and try to check out. And then you research them. What's the hike like? Use all trails. I use all trails all the time. Hey, that looks like a waterfall I want to see. It appears to be, according to Google Maps, on the such and such trail. And then you go to all trails and you type in that trail and you can see the actual hike. How is it rated? What are other people's experiences? Know what you're going to get into. Is it within my skill level and my physical capability? You can do that with waterfalls on Google Maps. You can do it with, for me, historic sites, archaeological sites, anthropological sites. There are so many ways. Whatever your interest is, start with Google Maps, guys. Just start with Google Maps. And once you've gone through and you've looked through Google Maps, you can also just do a Google search in the actual browser for things that are of interest to you. Say, you know. Waterfalls in Arkansas. You'll probably find a page dedicated to waterfalls in Arkansas. If you want to do that in Missouri, it's going to be the same. In Nebraska, it's going to be the same. I bet there aren't a lot of waterfalls in Nebraska. Bet you anything. But my point is, anywhere you go, depending on what your interests are, you will come up with a list longer than you would have ever believed of more things than you could ever do to choose from within an hour to an hour and a half of you. Some of them are going to be very close right down the road. Some of them are going to have to work a little bit for it's going to be a little bit longer drive. But every time you find yourself with time on your hands, if the system is in place and you can leave whenever you want to leave, you're ready to go right now. You get on the Google, you get on um, and check out your brochures. You go pick out your short list and your long list and you look through there. It doesn't take long, guys. There's a systematic approach to finding things that you want to do out there. That might seem pretty natural, like that makes sense. Well, of course, Justin. But like you don't really realize until you get into a place and you try to find something and you feel like there isn't anything. Sometimes you have to work that little system pretty hard to ferret out something that's interest you enough to want to go do it. And that is how you go about doing it. 
that's how you pull out every little thing you can find to do, um, at least from information that's available to you on like the Internet and the brochures and anything published material that's out there. But for me, an integral part of my system, one of the ways I found some of the coolest stuff I've ever come across is to simply budget into your time, if it's at all possible, the ability to just explore. I mentioned that in the Central Colorado episode. I love just exploring. Like if I've got a whole weekend to myself or I've got, say, my week vacation for the year to myself, I'll have a four or five day block or a two or three day block. And it's like, well, I know I'm going to go to this area and I know I want to do this one thing for sure. Anything else that happens, like let's leave it to the way the wind blows. Let's check it out. And then you go out and when you're on the road, you keep your eyes open. Guys, I've seen things going down the road I couldn't stop and do. But didn't see ever on Google Maps, had no idea it was in the area, and made a mental note or a note on my phone and came back and researched it later. I found multiple things, some really cool things that I didn't even know existed in the world and did not come up as I worked the system to find things to do in the area. It was not something that was made apparent anywhere simply because I was already out there and I saw it. Something I could go back and do later on a different day. So always keep your schedule open enough, if at all possible, And keep your eyes open for sure everywhere you go. If nothing else, you can take notes of, oh man, that sounds like a really neat little thing to go check out. Or that looks really cool. Or crap, that waterfall wasn't even, didn't even come up with Google Maps. A lot of times that'll happen. Something, there'll be a sign on a road taking you somewhere to something specific. And it doesn't even show on Google Maps because no one's ever reviewed it or whatever. Um, That's all part of the system. So, Kind of in summary, what I'm saying is, I know I got pretty personal tonight. I know I probably feel like I got off track, but really all of this stuff kind of goes together. To be really honest, it all kind of goes together. It's all part and parcel for me coming from my perspective and my life experience for the last three years. Um, But the whole gist of everything I want to tell you is you can get outside more. You can go out and take the photographs. You can go out and fish the creeks and the rivers. You can go out and hike the trails and see the waterfalls that you want to see. It's simply a matter of taking stock of your life and how important that is to you and your personal view of how important it is to your mental, emotional, and spiritual health, how important it is for you to feed your soul, chasing the things you love and chasing your desires. It simply takes you stepping back and reprioritizing. And if you prioritize that that needs to be a part of your life, then build your own system. You don't have to follow mine. Mine is just a bit of a template. And it's probably not even a good template for you. It's simply a look how someone else did it to kick off ideas and jumpstart your brain to think, how could I apply any of those concepts and principles to my situation? And you build out your system on the bare basics first. What do I need to be comfortable? What do I need to be fed? What do I need with me at all times in order to enjoy my outdoor pursuits? Whether it is your kayak or your mountain bike, things like that probably have to live in your storage shed somewhere. But anything you need just to go out and stay, your bare basics, make sure you have doubles of everything, your clothes and everything, your swimming trunks and all the things that you need. Guys, how expensive is a toothbrush, toothpaste, a little bit of camp soap? to keep in a little baggie that always lives in your car. Not much, you know, under four or five dollars, right? For all of it combined. Like simply be mindful. If you want to get out with getting out in mind, be mindful of the things you do. Put them into some kind of a kit that can live in your vehicle and is always ready to go. Hell, it could just live in your garage, guys. It could. If you don't have room in your vehicle, it could live in the garage. Just make sure it's all in one place. And so you know, When that kit is present, I have need of nothing. Everything I need is in there. And build a system that's based off of that, tiered off of that, and escalates from that to the things that you love to do out there, whether it is, again, photography, hiking, fishing, camping, whatever it is. So all this episode was meant to be was trying to give you ideas about how to get outside more how to explore more, how to go out there and start trying to find yourself, find your desires, get out there in the silence, in the quiet, in the stillness of nature where we can connect to whatever is out there, whether it's nothing or everything, and be able to hear ourselves think and be able to feel ourselves feel so that we can start to locate, you know what my heart really wants out of this life? And you can go out there and start chasing it. 
that was the entire purpose of tonight's episode. So really, I don't believe I got that far off track. The system is just a catalyst. It's just a part of the larger whole. The larger idea is how can you reprioritize and get yourself out there? I came with this because I've heard so many times, I wish, I wish, I wish I could get out like you. I wish I was carefree like you. I wish I had the money to get out like you. Y'all, I have none of those things. I have none of those things. I'm just like you. I am just like you in so many ways. It's simply a matter of seeing them as obstacles to overcome and you can overcome them and you can prioritize what you want to do in life. And that was tonight's episode to try to give you an idea how and hopefully inspire you to do it. Um, I truly hope I covered everything I wanted to cover. I really sincerely appreciate you guys coming along for the ride. Once again, you have no idea how much I truly appreciate you. Um, if you appreciate what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe. That helps bump us up in rankings and helps us become visible to more people. Um, submit your story. I want to hear your story. Mywaywardstory at gmail.com. Submit it so we can get it on the air and we can all share together and continue to build this platform. Go to the website. If you want to go to my YouTube channel, you can do it through the website. There you can also find our private groups, my Instagram, Anything and everything that has to do with this project lives at waywardstories.com at the website. Um, Again, I sincerely appreciate you guys. I got to get out of here because now I've rambled so much. I feel like everything I say is rambling. So anyway, until next week, you guys be good to each other. And I need to emphasize that. I don't, don't let that just roll by. Be good to each other actively good to each other and go out there in the world and see if you can't find something that you can do and make the world just a little bit of a better place.